These women who kept the lodgings certainly behaved as if what I've said was true. You've never seen or heard such dives, noises all night, so that it was impossible to sleep properly, and often half-dressed tarts beating on your door and screaming that they'd been swindled or strangled. Some of the travellers even brought in boys, which is something I'd never been able to understand. You read about it and you hear about it. I've often seen it happen, as I say, but I still don't understand it. And there I was in the middle of it all, pure and unspotted. The woman who kept the place often cheeked me for it. I don't know how Bantock got on. I never found myself in one of these places at the same time as he was there. But the funny part was that my mother thought I was extra safe in one of these special lodgings, because they were all particularly guaranteed by her brother, who made Bantock and me go to them for our own good. Of course it was only on some of the nights on the road, but always it was when I was quite alone. I noticed that at the time, when Bantock was providing me with a few introductions and openings, they were always in towns where we could stay in commercial hotels. All the same, Bantock had to go to these special places when the need arose, just as much as I did, even though he would never talk about them. One of the towns where there was a place on Uncle Elias's list was Wolverhampton. I fetched up there for the first time after I'd been on the job for perhaps four or five months. It was by no means my first of these lodgings, but for that very reason my heart sank all the more as I set eyes on the place and was let in by the usual bleary-eyed cow in curlers and a dirty overall. There was absolutely nothing to do, nowhere even to sit and watch the telly. All you could think of was to go out and get drunk or bring someone in with you from the pictures. Neither idea appealed very much to me, and I found myself just wandering about the town. It must have been late spring or early summer because it was pleasantly warm, though not too hot, and still only dusk when I'd finished my tea, which I had to find in a cafe because the lodgings did not even provide tea. I was strolling about the streets of Wolverhampton, with all the girls giggling at me, or so it seemed, when I came upon a sort of small fair. Not knowing the town at all, I had drifted into the run-down area up by the old canal, the main streets were quite wide, but they'd been laid out for daytime traffic to the different works and railway yards, and were now quiet and empty, except for the occasional lorry and the boys and girls playing around at some of the corners. The narrow streets running off contained lines of small houses, but a lot of the houses were empty, with windows broken or boarded up, and holes in the roof. I should have turned back, but for the sound made by the fair. Not pop songs on the amplifiers and not the pounding of the old steam organs, but more of a sort of high tinkling, which somehow fitted in with the warm evening and the, the rosy twilight. I couldn't at first make out what the noise was, but I had nothing else to do, very much not, and I looked around the empty back streets until I could find what was going on. It proved to be a very small fair indeed, just half a dozen stalls where a few kids were throwing rings or shooting off toy rifles, two or three covered booths, and in the middle, one very small roundabout. It was this that made the tinkling music. The roundabout looked pretty too, with Snow Queen and icing sugar effects in the centre and different coloured sleighs going round, each just big enough for two and each, as I remember, with a coloured light high up at the peak, and in the middle was a very pretty blonde girl dressed as some kind of pirouette. Anyway, she seemed very pretty at the time to me, 
Her job was to collect the money from the people riding in the sleighs, but the trouble was there weren't any. Not a single one. There weren't many people about at all, and inevitably the girl caught my eye. I felt I looked at Charlie, as I had no one to ride with, and I just turned away. I shouldn't have dared to ask the girl herself to ride with me, and I imagine she wouldn't have been allowed to in any case, unless perhaps it was her roundabout. The fair had been set up on a plot of land which was empty simply because the houses which had stood on it had been demolished or just fallen down. Tall blank factory walls towered up on two sides of it, and the ground was so rough and uneven that it was like walking on lumpy rocks at the seaside. There was nothing in the least permanent about the fair. It's very much here today and gone tomorrow. I should not have wondered if it had had no real business to have set up there at all. I doubted very much if it had come to any kind of agreement for the use of the land. I thought at once that the life must be...